Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And I just want to say I'm very glad that you have not taken a break from campus life for Canton Bound since uh, in, in, during your busy time here. I know tax season, Debbie debate. I know they were missing you last night. Had to bring me on on the after show. But uh, I just want to say thanks for thanks for being here every week. I need some sort of human interaction to keep me sane. Just not like I can't overdo it at this time of the year. So Right. Like and today, Felix and Matt are overdoing it. it. Yes. I mean, you heard them arguing with each other last <laughs> night. It was just it's it's not becoming of a gentleman, you know, uh, just, you know, really, really wears on me this time of year. Actually, starting today, I'm taking like two 15 minute walks throughout the day so I can also oh. like breathe fresh air. Like mm-hmm. so the things that I do not do uh, through February and March and most of April, too. So. Um, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Getting out of the house. Nice. I uh, I go on to 15 minute walks, rough, probably closer to 10 uh, a day. But I uh, I walk our dog Enzo just around the neighborhood, do it at lunch, then do it uh, right after work. So it's nice. Nice to get out. Yeah. The weather's been so nice lately. It has. I don't, that was a little rainy today, but. Oh, really? Other than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it was rainy here. Uh it would like rained early in the day and then let up. So I didn't get rained on as I walked, but it was, it was wet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> but I just wanted to thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you, Colin. That's, You're welcome. You know, maybe I will take, take it easier on you tonight because is that what you did while you did that? You son of a bitch. <laughs> Got him. God, he's on to me. He's luring me into, I, I, I always <laughs> say flattery will get you somewhere with me, but mm-hmm. not if I figure you out. Hmm. I almost had you. Almost had you. You did. Um, all right. Well, it's a it's a pretty news heavy edition here of the show again. Um, just the news keeps rolling in. But before we get into that, uh, we are still running the promotion uh, this week uh, up until four. Dun, dun, dun. Up until uh, April first, where if you sign up for a walk on membership. Uh, you get grandfathered into tier two. Uh, you get grandfathered into the scholarship access, uh, but it's a walk-on price. So you're paying $29.99 a year for access to tier two. It's $49.99 value. You're saving 20 bucks. But you only got a week left to do it. So go sign up now. Uh, you will get a copy of the guide for free as well, our freshman supplemental guide. That is on sale now. Um, you're losing money not doing it. But uh, before we get into this here, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edward Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, Triple Play Fantasy Podcast, the Preferred Lines Podcast, the FFB Familia Podcast, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them all on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. So news. Um, a lot of this stuff happened towards the end of last week. Um, you know, the, the, show, the first one we'll start off with here, Deshaun Watson traded to the Browns. Uh, that happened, I think, the day after we recorded. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So we're like the last to react to it, but. 
We are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but hey, better, better late than never. Um, so as I am sure everybody knows by now, the Texans traded Deshaun Watson to the Browns for and a sixth round pick for uh, three first round picks, one in 2022, 2023 and 2024, a fourth round pick, a third round pick in 2023 and another fourth round pick in 2024. Making this a huge deal. And then on top of that, uh, they gave Brent, uh, Watson the largest deal in NFL history. Um, to a fully a five-year, fully guaranteed $230 million deal with $1 million this year. If he so that way they kind of protect themselves from any suspensions. Um, before we get into the fantasy impact here, uh, what are your thoughts on making him the highest paid player in the league with everything else going on? And then the way they structured this first deal. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to if you want to go trade for him. Um, I mean, let's just get it out of the way. Like the Browns, like the doing this is like the most despicable thing I've seen an NFL doing a long an NFL team doing a long time, short of the Washington football team, what are the commanders now? Uh, and yeah. how they've handled everything with Dan Snyder. Um to bring this guy on and structure his deal in a way that if he gets suspended for for sexually assaulting dozens of women it doesn't impact him at all financially, basically, is a joke. Um, so I think first off, you know, if you're a Browns fan, uh, I hope you f- wake up feeling like shit for a while um, <laughs> about this because you should. Um, and their management should definitely as well. Um, beyond that, I mean, I think it's it's less than I thought they would have to give up. Like they didn't give up a meaning, like they didn't give a meaningful player at all. No. I figured for sure if you're doing this deal, you're sending... I mean, I figured Miles Garrett was off limits, but I thought, you know, worst comes to worst. If Houston asks for him, I think you have to put a um, a ward uh, or um, I don't know, like someone like that. I think if you know if Houston asks for him and, it, and it's kind of a deal breaker, and you're the Browns and you kind of back yourself into a corner, that would have made sense for them to do that. Um, so I was really, really surprised that not only like that they just really didn't give up that much. And like, yeah, they paid him a lot of money in three years or whatever, as these quarterback deals go, it won't look bad um, money wise. So sure. Why not? Um, I still don't think their roster is like amazing personally, but, um, and I think he'll probably miss at least eight games this year. Um, So I think, you know, if you're betting Brown's futures for this year, I wouldn't be putting a lot of money on them to do a lot. Um, just cause I don't think they'll like, they'll be like, let's assume he misses eight games, which I think is like the minimum. They'll be happy to be three and five when he comes back at that point, you know, and then, you know, what can you do down the stretch? Not going to win all those games. So, um, I, I, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. Um, uh, maybe, you know, 2023 is where their, their eyes are, are set. Um, but they do have to start paying some guys too. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think the window is as big as people want to make it seem there in Houston or there in in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, I kind of figured, you know, Texans being the Texans that they would want like Kareem hunt in the deal or Nick Chubb 
just knowing Houston, yeah, they're back. like, can you send us, uh, yeah, like whatever running back? I, I honestly thought David and Joku would go the other way. Like I was like, yeah. they totally just resigned Joku and he's gonna go because Houston's stupid and they want like a fifth tight ten. Like I totally <laughs> thought that was the direction we were going. Um, yeah, no, I, I do tend to agree with you though. I I think I'm gonna. I haven't bet yet, but l- talking about it, thinking about it now, I, I might see what the uh, the over under is right now for the Browns for this season and, and see if I can't hit the under pretty hard on that. Because, yeah, I think I think six games is the minimum, but I think eight games is probably a, what it'll be. Um, I think it'll be in that six to eight game range. But either way, I haven't looked at their schedule yet, but the best you can kind of hope for is three wins in that stretch. And then, you know, the rest of their roster is not that great around him. I mean, they did just get Amari Cooper. Um, so that's helpful. You know, they have some pieces on defense. They have, a, some, uh, you know, an offensive line that's okay. So, you know, they have pieces there, but it's not a great roster overall. And that's a very tough division. Um, but moving into the fantasy aspect of things here, um, this is an upgraded situation from where he was in Houston, right? It's got to be. I mean, the line, the people, the line is bad, but Houston's line has never been plus while he's there. So, you know, it's not a step down from there. And the weapons certainly, I mean, Amara Cooper is better than Brandon Cooks, uh, who would have been his wide receiver one. But like, honestly, though, outside of that, the receiving options there aren't good. And they're not necessarily going to have the picks to upgrade them in the next year or two. So that's why like, I'm actually not really scared of that offense as a whole. Um, like they have some serious issues at tackle, like right. serious, <laughs> serious issues. And obviously Sean Watson is more mobile than Baker Mayfield. But it's not like Baker Mayfield is Matt Ryan either. Like I, but it has a potential to get Sean Watson killed if they're not able to do something there. And I think it's too late this off season to make any free agent moves. Uh, within the next year or two, you're going to be pushing up against the cap pretty hard, so you wouldn't really be able to do that anyway. And now with no picks, I mean, I think they're going to be like a good team, but I think I have to have a lot of things work out really, really well to be like a contending team because I don't think they're there yet. I think it's just going to be difficult in the next few years um, to kind of hit that uh, mark. Yeah. I mean, let's just pick like another random team in their division. Um I don't know. Let's say Pittsburgh. Who do you think has a better season next year between I mean, Pittsburgh? I think or... I think Pittsburgh probably has a better year because yeah. Deshaun Watson's going to miss at least half the season. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, like, and like again, I'm Pittsburgh is not a contending team. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying they are. I, yeah, I you're like, not biased. Lifelong Pittsburgh Rams fan. fan. But I will say, like, basically the last two years, everyone's been saying, you know, well, if the Steelers had a real quarterback instead of the ghost of Big Ben back there, they'd be uh, like a threat. Now they got rid of Ben Trubisky might be a mild upgrade at this stage, but at least he's mobile, you know, so that, that kind of, you know, helps solve some other issues. The defense is probably gonna be better than it was the past couple of years. So like people are just writing off like Pittsburgh's going to win four games next year. It's like, we just got done saying all these things about how much better Pittsburgh would be if they didn't have Ben and they went and did it. And now like you're saying that like, they're going to go from 11 wins to, to four, like that does not compute in my head. So I think those like, I, I would actually be willing to bet. Not only does Pittsburgh have a better record than Baltimore or than, than Cleveland next year, but they finished with a better record than one of Baltimore or Cincinnati. Like one of those teams, I bet struggles a bit next year. And I bet 
Pittsburgh grinds out a better record than them. Well, uh, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record, right? Exactly. And it's a good roster. Yeah. Like that defense that I don't think people realize what they've done on defense this year in the offseason. Like they've basically bolstered like they're they're a little iffy a corner, like slightly iffy. Um, Did they add a corner everywhere else there? Yeah, they re- they signed a guy from Buffalo, was it? They signed somebody. They've done a really good job this offseason basically saying like these are the holes. We'll we'll sign a mid-tier free agent to all of them and then we can go ahead and draft BPA and not, not be forced into any one position. So that could be a quarterback if a guy falls. It could be an offensive lineman um, or it could be a D lineman. Like I think those are probably the three areas they'll look at in the first round depending on who falls and whatnot. Makes sense. Um, And then obviously, you know, Amari Cooper, we talked about that last week here, but the situation has changed. Is this, is Amari Cooper back in, you know, fringe wide receiver one territory for you here moving forward when Deshaun Watson's on the field? Now, obviously when Watson's not on the field, you know, a little iffy depending on who the quarterback is, but the Watson and Cooper combo, is that putting, you know, giving you the warm and fuzzies about Cooper makes me feel good. But like, if you think about it, is this a significantly better situation than Cooper has had for many years in his career? Like, it's not like, like Deshaun Watson is probably partially, like barely the best quarterback he's ever played with. Um, Like, I think Dak is a really good quarterback as well. And he had a year or two there with Dak where he was his only guy. And then he had the couple years in, in, Oakland and pass heavy offense where he, you know, was a one, a one B guy with, so like I, he's been in really good situations his whole career. He's never like smashed. So at least like, I don't know that that's like, he'll smash again this year, but yeah, I think we can expect the same milk toast, like just to, <laughs> you know, not jot him down at wide receiver 10, but there's like no more upside to really hit that much higher than that. Just Cause I don't know that he's capable of doing that at this point. Fair enough. Uh, and then any interest in the other pieces now in Cleveland in the wide receiver room. So, you know, whether it's Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, what Anthony Schwartz, I think is still there. David and Joku. Oh. <laughs> so I don't think, I don't, I don't have any interest in those guys in more than I did. Do you have, mm. do you think this helps the running game at all, Colin? Like, do you feel better about Nick Chubb if you're a Nick Chubb guy or, I mean, Preem Hunt, you're always kind of hoping you know <laughs> yeah whatever speaking that something happens to nick chubb or else like the upside isn't there with him but he's you know a, right. a, a plug-in kind of guy uh yeah i think it helps stabilize chubb a little bit more um you know where where before with all the other moves that they've had this offseason and, and you know other people that have left um he was probably going to be more of a focal point of that offense from a defensive perspective as well so it's 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 not like a big stock up or anything like that. It doesn't really move the needle much, but it makes me feel a little bit better. Um, the next bit of news here, this is more current. This one's a little bit more current, and then we'll get back into some of the older ones. But um, this one's a little bit more current here. Tyreek Hill traded to the Miami Dolphins uh, for, uh, it was a First, second, uh, where was that? It doesn't have the full compensation on here on the article I'm reading. It was a first, a second, and I think like a third. We don't like care it. for fantasy purposes, so yeah, it really I think doesn't they got matter. Like, <clears throat> I think they got three picks in that one. Um, 
And then Hill immediately turned around and signed a four-year deal for $120 million, uh, $72.2 million guaranteed. Now the uh, highest paid wide receiver in the league just after Devontae Adams got his payday. Um, obviously, I think I, I feel like the, this is like a kind of a stock down just in, in terms of quarterback play. You know, it's hard to go from Mahomes to anybody else and not see that as a stock down. Does Tyree Kill move down much in your rankings, or do you kind of hold him pretty much where he's still at? It's a really tough question. I actually wanted to ask you tonight. I guess we can kind oh. of talk through this one first. Um, yeah, it probably eliminates like the the ability to finish as the wide receiver one overall. But I would still expect a wide receiver one finish for him there uh, in Miami. Him and Waddle, I think that's going to give defenses a lot of problems. Because you can basically interchange those guys. I think they'll have a lot of fun lining them up like anywhere and everywhere and saying, you know, find the uh, find the speed demon that like <laughs> like it just you know like you have to defenses before you're going to watch their games they're going to constantly be pointing where these guys are because they're just they're positionally versatile they can line up in the backfield they can go deep they can you know they can crush on like the rpo slant you know short game like i, I think they're just going to be a nightmare those two together it's actually going to be a lot of fun i think even if two is not patrick mahomes it doesn't matter mm-hmm. Well, we saw in college, Tua can distribute the ball well. And Tua distributed the ball well last year to Jalen Waddle. But yeah, I think having both of these guys on the field at the same time is going to terrify defenses. You know, speed is something that always scares teams, always scares defenses. And when you have two of the most electric players in the league, uh, you, you know that's that's just an absolute nightmare for defenses there and then you know they just signed cedric wilson too so they have a capable outside wide receiver Devonte parker's still there uh so their wide receiver room is those two and then they have a couple other decent options there that you can't ignore uh Gusecki at tight end so this is going to be a, a very potent offense i think I, but obviously the volume is going to be a little bit lower for hill uh, than it was previously. I think it's also going to be a little bit less efficient because it's he's not working with Patrick Mahomes. So the decrease in volume, the decrease in efficiency does move him down a bit in my rankings. I haven't um, looked at that and, um, you know, looked at my rankings and solidified where I'm going to put him. He'll still be top five, but he might be, you know, wide receiver four or five in my rankings now. So who who does this hurt more? Because I think even if it's only for a year, it, it probably hurts Mahomes and Tyreek a little bit. You know, I, it's it's hard to argue that it wouldn't. Um, who does it hurt more, Mahomes or Tyreek? And obviously, we don't know what the Chiefs are going to do uh, in the draft with two late first now. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be really interesting there, too. You know, they did, and we can talk about that in, in a little bit, you know, they did bring in some wide receiver help there, so they don't necessarily have to go wide receiver with one of those first two picks, especially given the class this year. You know, there will be a couple options available in the second if they wanted to go that route. 
Um, so I'll be really interested to see what they do in that first round there as well. I think one of those picks has to be a wide receiver. Like, I think they've probably already decided that. I don't think you can make that trade without knowing probably. that already. Probably, but I think it's also a gamble which wide receiver you think is going to be there, unless you think the group of guys like um, London, Wilson, Alave, Burks, Jameson Williams, if, unless you see all five of them fairly equally. Um, so I don't know. I don't think it necessarily locks them into having to take a wide receiver there. I think you have to. Like I, I just think you're you're pretty much forced into it at this situation. Like I I know, you know, the public at large can be bullish on um Michael Hardman or, you know, any of these other guys that have been on the roster for a few years. But I think by this point the Chiefs know those aren't answers. And I think Patrick Mahomes knows, and I think the Chiefs and the Patrick Mahomes like those are basically just one entity at this point. So, you know, if both of them kind of know that fact, I think that there's going to be something done about it. That's fair. Well, I mean, let's we'll skip around a little on the show sheet here. I mean, the Chiefs signed Juju to a one year, ten point seven five million dollar deal. Uh, they signed Marquez Valdez Scantling to a three year, thirty million dollar deal, um, which before we just get into the weapons there, do you find it interesting that? MVS commanded basically the same amount as Juju. That deal felt really light for me for Juju. I mean, Juju basically missed all of last year, which I think factors in as well. Um, That's fair. Juju will be the wide receiver one there, not including Travis Kelsey, of course. Like, I feel pretty good about that. It's not going to be MVS. Um, I mean, MVS is basically as good as like dead Josh Gordon is right now. And Josh Gordon really couldn't carve out a role in that team. Like I, I think MVS, we're going to see something sort of similar. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just thought that was kind of interesting. The amount of money that MVS got surprised me a little bit. I mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal. Uh, when you look at some of the other wide receiver deals, I guess Juju's is just a little bit lower. Uh, but is Juju now, I feel like we think he's the wide receiver one there, assuming he's healthy. I think he's guaranteed to have a thousand yards this year if he plays all 17 games. I think it's probably even closer to 1200. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, 1812 there or whatever, but yeah, I think he can easily do that. I do slightly worry that him and Travis Kelsey kind of work the same areas of the field, but I mean, <laughs> not to sound like stupid, but it is like a big field and it's a pretty expansive offense. And I'm pretty sure they can figure it out how to get like outside of CEH. Is there really a guy on that roster that you look and you think like, wow, like the chiefs really didn't get the best out of that guy or like, you know, they really didn't put him in a role to succeed. Like I honestly can't think of a single guy. Like they've, if a guy's failed, they've failed on their own count because mm -hmm. they aren't very good. So like, I, I think they'll find a solution to that pretty easily yeah yeah i don't i don't disagree with that either i mean like you said with ceh um i think that's i think that's a double-edged sword i think that's a little bit on the chiefs i think that's also a little bit on on him as well but um yeah i, I agree with you on juju i think you know a thousand yards lock it in you know probably looking at 
don't know, 80 receptions. Because I think he's very, very clearly the second best wide receiver on that roster. Um, I would look to move MVS right now because I don't think he's going to do much there. Uh, I don't think this is a significantly better situation than he was in in Green Bay when he failed. Uh, you know, failed from a fantasy standpoint. So, you know, I would look to move him right now. Juju, on the other hand, I'm buying and I'm even buying at the increased price that you're probably going to have to pay. I guess maybe. Um, moving on, next uh, bit of news here: Matt Ryan traded to the Colts. That one hurts a little bit. Um, you know that uh, Matt Ryan was one of my favorite players for for a long time, um, but you know the Falcons are very clearly in a rebuild mode. So, just like Julio last year, you know I'm glad to see him go to. A situation where, you know, he can hopefully succeed, hopefully make the playoffs. I think the Colts have a lot of work to do outside of just quarterback. Um, but it is a solid roster overall. That division's a little bit down right now. So, you know, we'll see. I think they can make the playoffs. But uh, with Matt Ryan moving to Indianapolis, I think this is uh, this is a bit of a hit, a bit of a hit for his fantasy value, right? Whatever he had, whatever value he had left. Is this a bad spot for him, for Ryan? I feel like this actually feels really good to me. I think it's about as good as you could have hoped for. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I mean, the volume. I think it just kind of hits. I think you're bit. passing up volume. And I think a lot of their volume last year was questionable volume anyway, because the wide receiver core sucked and the line wasn't great. So it, there was a lot of non-meaningful volume. Like I, I, I think it's worth a lot to keep him more upright with a better supporting cast on a better team. Even if that means he throws the ball, you know, 70 fewer times on the year. I, I think those things kind of balance themselves out and helps him last long, you know, mm -hmm. long, it makes his career longer. So if he wants to stay there for four or five years, as opposed to the two, he probably would have lasted in, in Atlanta before they got him killed. Yeah. I mean, that, that last part is definitely fair. Um, the offensive line in Indy is, is going to definitely be helpful for him because, you know, like you so elegantly pointed out earlier, Baker Mayfield is not Deshaun Watson, but he's also not Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan is, was never mobile and is not mobile, uh, is, is even less so now. So the offensive line will definitely help. Uh, the skill position players there, I think this helps Michael Pittman Jr. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit more interested in him now. Um, but outside of that, I don't really love any of the options there. Tight ends, very questionable. Paris Campbell uh, can't do anything. He can never stay healthy. Zach Pascal, I believe, is a free agent, or did he re-sign there? I'm not up to date on my... Uh... I'm pretty sure Pascal left. Okay, I was going to say, I'm not up to date on my Pascal news here. You don't know if the player's there. How about you just don't bring him up? Just throwing that out there. I mean, that's fair, but, you know, I didn't also didn't want to not Signed mention with the him. Eagles. One-year deal. One-year deal with the Eagles. There it is. Thank you for fact-checking me instead of, you know, just complaining. I'm just saying. Anyway, I don't really love the weapons there. What about you? Um, I think they're... F no, I think they still need to add a guy. Um, 
uh, uh, Pittman's a good two. Um, Paris Campbell's a good five. Um, so if you can just plug in one, three, and four uh, somewhere on there, uh, that's better. And I think, you know, I think Jonathan Taylor will probably be a little more involved in the receiving game uh, or continue to be a little more involved. Um, and it wouldn't shock me uh, if they get another sort of receiving back in there or another back capable of receiving. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what they do because Doyle retired as well. Right. So they don't, uh, they might, I mean, they might, they might need a tight end. Like it, they, they definitely have some needs, but I think the line will kind of be the saving grace. Yeah. The line is definitely the strength there. The running game too with, with uh, Taylor, but I think that's what Matt Ryan needs at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't argue with that. But on the Falcon side of things, they are eating a lot of dead money in this deal. Um, I really thought that any deal with Matt Ryan would have included either a making it a post June first designation, which would drop the dead cap, or the team uh, that traded for him having to eat a, a portion of that dead cap. But that is not the situation here. Um, so they are going to be in some cap trouble this year. But that will free them up for some flexibility next year. Are the Falcons going to be the worst team in the league this year? I wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Uh, I still think Houston will be worse. And depending on what I could see Carolina being worth it. They might not even be the worst team in their own division. They might not even be the worst team in their own division. Carolina might be worse. Man, that, see, that surprises me because the Falcons have nothing right now. They I have. Mean, that's fair, but I just think Carolina doesn't either. And Carolina's got a more clueless coaching staff, which matters mm. a lot. That's fair. Like, once you hit, like, I think a, a team itself can only be so bad. And then it's really the coach that's worth those those last two negative two or negative three wins. <laughs> yeah, kind of rounds it out. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I'm just I, I'm hoping that the Falcons are the worst team in the league this year. So you know, next year we can take Bryce Young at the top of the draft. That's what I'm kind of crossing my fingers for at this point. Um, but the weapons there in Atlanta. Is there anybody on this offense that you want from a fantasy perspective? No. Next question. All right. Moving on. Um, uh, I'll buy Calvin Ridley. I don't that, even think that's a bad answer. <laughs> um, no, that's not a bad answer. Okay. That's, I, I, answer. I want him still sort of. That's it. Not a bad answer. Um, the other news here, Falcons related, they signed uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, to a two-year deal. And that's about all we're going to say on that, unless you have something else you want to add. Nope, I got nothing. Yeah, I'm not really interested there. I'm only interested in so far as he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. So if, if he's on waivers, I'll go try and pick him up. So that way I have a third option and a super flex. That's about it. Moving on, Jameis uh, Winston re-signs with New Orleans. Two-year, $28 million deal. Uh, kind of what we were expecting this whole time here, but it's nice to actually see the pen to paper and not have to necessarily speculate. I think the Taysom Hill experiment failed. I think we're all seeing that. I think New Orleans now realizes that. 
Um, but prior to Jameis Winston going down, he was a serviceable fantasy quarterback here. Uh, and I think that's kind of what we can expect from him again moving forward. Um, yeah, I think it's actually a good spot for him. Um, be interested to see what they do in the draft. I mean, they, uh, Michael Thomas, assuming he's there, they really still need a wide receiver too, but that's not a, that's, that's not a bad offense. Jameis was pretty good last year. Especially from a fantasy mm-hmm. perspective, again, I yeah. don't care about the Saints at all. So if they right. suck, as long as Jameis puts up five thousand yards, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I don't think you know, I don't think he's going to put up five thousand yards, but he's done it before, yeah. hasn't? He? Yeah, but that, I think that was that was a bit of a different offense. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think okay. the Saints are going to pass the ball at that kind of a volume. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know, never know. Um, Stock on Michael Thomas, though. This is uh, this is definitely a boon for him. Um, sure, I guess. I don't think it's really like. I mean, obviously, it's better than if they let him walk and and had nothing. But um, mm-hmm. or it's better than some of the other options they could have brought in. Yeah, like I, I don't know if this is like a, a positive or a negative thing. It's just a thing, right? But I mean, Michael Thomas didn't play at all last year, so mm-hmm. zero stats. Got to be a positive. This is not related to the, who his quarterback was at all, though. <laughs> Still a positive. You're lucky Still you buttered positive. me up at the beginning of the show. I know. This is exactly why I did it. Um, sticking in the NFC South, uh, Leonard Fournette re-signed a three-year deal, $21 million, with Tampa Bay. Um I'm kind of surprised that he got three years, 21 million. I haven't seen like what the dead cap would look like or like where the outs are in this contract. But given given his age, uh, a three-year deal surprises me a little bit here. What about you? Um, yeah, that deal that deal is trash. That's really all I have to say about that. Like I, I don't really have any other thoughts. Um, so fair enough on the deal. Um, is Leonard Fournette trash? Um, <laughs> I want to. I okay. So let me let me change my current my 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 previous. It's an it's a fine deal for a guy that I think Brady clearly likes. For for Fournette, three years he won't be there the whole three years. I think he'll be done by then. Two years max. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, like I said, I haven't, I didn't look into where the outs are, but I don't imagine that they uh, structured that the same way. So I think, you know, whenever Tom Brady goes, maybe they cut Leonard Fournette there too at that point. But I mean, in the time that he will be there, I think he's a serviceable fantasy back. Obviously, he's going to get a bigger, his name value is going to be higher than his actual worth. So I'm probably looking to sell. But if I have him, I'm not. I don't hate it. I don't hate rostering him. Yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. I don't know. Those 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 guys don't provide you upside like at this point in the offseason. So it's whatever. No. No. I wouldn't go and trade for them. But I like I said, I wouldn't necessarily fire sale him either. Um, last one here that we have news wise. Uh, and then we'll uh we'll get you guys out of here early here this week. But 
the Robert Woods was traded to the Tennessee Titans for just a sixth round pick. Uh, the Titans lost Julio. That experiment didn't really work. You know, they kind of needed another option on the outside with AJ Brown um, to kind of help keep that offense going. Is Robert Woods the guy that, you know, we, we kind of hoped Julio was going to be there in this offense? Or do we not see that kind of a ceiling here? Um, I, so this, this is a really, this is like the most interesting deal of the off season, in my opinion, in terms of like, like, obviously like I care more about Tyreek and I care more about, yeah. you know, where Deshaun Watson ended up and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But because I don't, I don't know what to make of this deal at all. Like, are they going to use Woods the same way that the Rams used him? Are they going to use him more as a conventional receiver? Is he going to be healthy for the majority of this season? Is the pass offense going to support multiple tar- like wide receivers? Like, I, th- I just have so many questions about this deal and not a lot of good answers on it. Um, I don't have a read on it either way what do, what do you think about it i mean i think that last off season when julio went there um you know we kind of thought julio could have one last hurrah there i think we still think that depending on where he goes he could have one last solid season but largely that was a that was a large disappointment there um and i think that we could potentially be in store for another one here I don't necessarily think Robert Woods is going to disappear the way that Julio kind of did. Um, now he tore his ACL in, in November, so we'll see exactly when Robert Woods gets back. Um, but he's going to be 30 this year. So that's kind of where wide receivers start to dip off. Um, Robert Woods has really molded his game from where he started when he came into the league. So I do think he has a skill set that can age fairly well. But the biggest thing is just the volume, uh, you know, and he's not going to see the same efficiency that he saw in um, L.A. I think the volume isn't going to be there either. I think his name right now has a little bit more value than what his worth actually is. Yeah, I think that's all fair. <clears throat> like I said, I mean, I don't have a lot of good answers. I know that's not a great uh, response, um, but. That just, you know, sometimes you have that guy that you can't really, you don't really know yet. And that he's just that guy for me right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying like, I know that either. Like if Robert Woods turns in a wide receiver three on a points per game basis season next year, you know, I'm not going to be surprised. I wouldn't even be surprised if he hit into like back end of wide receiver two. Like if he's in like wide receiver 24, 25, it wouldn't shock me. I just think we're looking more in the back end of the wide receiver threes. Sure. Know? But we'll see how it plays out. But that is going to do it for us here tonight. I said we'll uh, we'll get you out of here a little bit early. Uh, but be sure to check out the other shows that we have on the network here. We're dropping something every single day. We got the Chasing the Natty podcast coming out on Mondays. Campus Life coming out on Tuesdays. Debbie Debate on Wednesdays. Check out the after show from this week. I was on there. That was a fun little segment. Uh, Mike. 
did a game show where he asked a bunch of questions about just campus to Canton, kind of how we got started and little questions about us as well. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the Hero RB Show is a new show with Noah Hills at Noah More Parties. Episode two dropped today. That drops on Thursdays. We get the future freshman and Canton bound on Fridays. We're double dipping for you. And then with the daily draft report, we got coming out every single day during the week as well. So something for you every single day. Uh, we check out the YouTube channel as well. We're dropping spring news. You got college football filter, the official tons of content all the time. But that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one. <laughs>